All right, we'll go ahead and start now, man. Oh, my Shakti, aaj pehli baar tumne kaam ki baat ki hai. So, this is Education by Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of this song, man. So I chose this song because education is really my thing. Like, I never want to stop learning. Okay. Like, I, I brew, and I know it's impossible to know everything. Yeah. But I want to learn as much as I can and never stop learning. So... This song really hits. Like anytime I see this on on Apple Music, I always play this song. Okay. Yeah, like I always. If I see Bandana by Freddie Gibbs, I always start this song. And I just, it, it, it just reminds me to never stop learning. Okay. Okay. Plus, it has three of my favorite artists. So. Yeah, I like that concept that you like, or that mind state. That that you have because I oh not I don't like it because of this like I don't value it because I can relate to it but I do relate to it because I think that's what's essential about setting a vision is that if you have a growth oriented mindset you realize that you're never going to get to like the final form but you yeah. keep striving for that Absolutely. to get as much as you can in the time that you have yeah there's there's a track that uh, MF Doom has on Matt Villainy and it says uh, the perfect man is finished mm-hmm and so I feel like if you've reached perfection, then you're done. If you've reached the end of your 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 growth, then you're done. Yeah. Like there's no room for you. There's like why are you why are you even still existing? Yeah, it makes me it makes it almost kind of parabolic to like art to me more often than not. Like mm-hmm. I related to that because I mean, there is no the only finished art is something that you've like completed, right? Like there's no and with that when that's done that is the perfect form that the way it's presented. And it's like, you know, when your time is done and all is said and done and, and, you know, you move on or you transition to that next phase, it's like the end of a book. Right. And like that life in its full scope is, is an artistic piece in some regard. Exactly. And it's like, it, it, it's finished. So, so education is something I, I never, I never want to stop learning. It's, it's something that's been in me like, uh, since I want to say maybe high school, maybe yeah, maybe high school. All right, man. Well, before we get too far into the podcast, I'm here with another episode of the I Don't Know Tom podcast, and I'm fortunate to have another guest who, for some reason or another, agreed to be on this crazy show. Uh, it's my man Devin, aka Slimothy, I think it is. Slimothy. Slimothy. Oh yeah, my yeah. bad. Aka. What you got? Any other aka's, man? Uh, Lord, Lord Dev. Okay. Um, uh, aka. I... You can get out your Twitter, or Instagram handles. Twitter. I mean, everything's at, at Slimothy. S L I M A T H E E. Okay. It was a name given to me when I was at IUP. Uh, right. Everyone called me Slim, right. and I was just like Slim rhymes with Tim. Okay, Timothy, <laughs> and I just spelled it a bit different, and so yeah. Where's the Timothy come in? Because it because Slim rhymes with Tim. Oh, because Slim rhymes with Tim, and yeah, yeah. All right, so it just like picks. All right, but yeah, yeah. whatever. All right, so it's just, just a, a play on the, on the name Tim and or Timothy. Okay. Uh, spelled a bit different. I didn't know if it was like homage to Short Bus Timmy or anything. No, like no. That. I, I mean that's the homie. Bus. Shout out, shout out to Tim. That's, that's my guy. <laughs> but no, it's not. 
No, it ain't it ain't about him. Fuck him. <laughs> All right, respect. I'm not, I'm not respect even sure if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast. No, but. yeah, you allowed to, man. Right. We ain't monetize it yet. I think once you start doing that on YouTube, I mean, you got to go like the first five minutes or something like that. All right, I, I'll try to do that if, I, if, if I'm invited <laughs> no, back good, on. Man. You good, man? It's good. Well, I appreciate you being willing to do this, man. I'm happy that you know listening to the episodes and listening to everybody's stories. Um, that have been on the show has in, in some ways inspired you to want to step on the show, man. So, no doubt. I mean, plus uh, you're the homie, and I want to. I appreciate know, I, I support that. the homie no matter what. So I, I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you. Uh, in, in supporting the homie, you know, I always ask my ask my guests like, what would you want? And you can tr- you continue the tradition of getting wings, man. Like you had, I, I picture, I figure somebody with your taste would go a different route. You just went with wings again. Man. I'm not gonna it's lie. Kind of like, disappointing. Almost. I, I apologize for being disappointing because <laughs> truthfully, I was like, "Ooh, like Panera Bread sounds real good." But yeah. I, but as the day went on, and it's been a really shitty day today. Yeah. I was like, "No, nah, I want some wings." Yeah, some comfort food. I yeah, respect that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that your uh, brother Justin is gonna want to come on in some regard. So. I'm I'm super curious to see what he's would want in terms of an option. I can't imagine he's going to choose wings. So. Don't don't see you don't put it out there. So now he's going to think about yeah the most elaborate thing like absolutely I have to go forage the actual ingredients myself yeah, and stuff. So. Like I want I want chicken of the woods mushroom <laughs> forged by you with a, with a reverse sear uh, <laughs> steak. Everybody love a reverse sear. Yeah. Reverse sear steak. Uh, uh, shark steak there you go and yeah yeah so but, uh more about you though man we ain't talking about him now we're talking about you um like i said thanks again for being willing to come on the pod and share your story no and if you've listened to the pod you know that the first question i typically try to ask people that come on the pod is who are you so if you were to define that if you were to answer that question what would that be that question would be an idea Okay. Dev is an idea. Like, okay. It is a ever morphing, ever evolving idea. Okay. What do you mean by that? When you say an idea, like, what's the what's the uh, why behind the idea? The why behind the idea is that I'm merely the soul of this body, mm-hmm. and so this body is just a vessel. Okay. A soul doesn't like doesn't have a true definition. Okay. So everyone has an idea of what a soul is. Yeah. So in that idea is the person that I have become over the past four decades that I've been on this earth. Okay. So if you had to describe or utilize adjectives to give it form, though. That idea. What would you say the adjectives that are most closely aligned with that idea are? Descriptors. Um. So my to to put it out there, my 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 birth name is Devon. D e v o n. Yeah. And all of my life, I've been called Devon, Devon, <laughs> any any form you can think of. Yeah. In that spelling that can be pronounced wrong. It's so outside I, of Devin, but yeah. Devin is the correct pronunciation. Devin is correct, correct, right, correct pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but I, I, as of recently, I just, I just been going by Dev, just because it, it makes it easier for white people to, to <laughs> like, to see it and just like, oh, that's Dev. Okay. Yeah, so, 
Yeah. So if you hear me say dev, it's just because that's what I've shortened it to. Yeah. To make it easier for people. Yeah. Um. But dev is a. A person who wants to make sure that everyone is enjoying themselves. Okay. Dev is fun. Okay. Dev is an extrovert introvert. Okay. So, like, I enjoy being out and and having fun and not being the life of the party, but being a spark of the life of the party. Okay. Being like a catalyst to something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, That's Dev. Like, Dev is about the people. Okay. So, where does that come from? Like, that idea of galvanizing groups of people bringing people together creating some like some ecosystem of enjoyment or entertainment like why why that of all things because we don't have much time here so okay why not enjoy it like i agree with that but i'm saying like there's other there's other things that you can choose to do with your time right like not everybody like i think most people recognize life is limited to some degree, or at least older people do, but like, why choose to be that person? I choose to be that person because honestly, life is finite. And people don't view things the way I view them. I view view life as 50-50, no matter what. Like, what do you mean by that? 50-50? I mean, either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Okay. Either, either your scenario... So, like, Yoda, it, you, the Yoda-esque way. Like right. The do or do not, there, there is, is no, no try. Yeah, there's no try. Either okay. you pick up the cup or you don't. Okay. And I will pick up the cup and take another sip. <laughs> of the whiskey neat. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um But it was, it was kind of similar. It's like... How can I explain this? I chose this because it was either be sad about life and Mm -hmm. the things that don't happen Mm -hmm. or enjoy the things that do happen. Mm. And I choose to enjoy the things that do happen. It also sounds like you've taken it upon yourself to some degree to create the enjoyment not Absol- just wait for it. Yeah, almost. absolutely. Like yeah. if you can find joy in the saddest shit, like if you can put the fun in funeral, yeah, do that shit. If you can, <laughs> if you can put the laughter in manslaughter, do that, that shit. Yeah, like, it's it's a situation where life can be good if you make it good, or life can be bad if you make it bad. Yeah, like if you focus on all the wrong things then all the wrong things are going to happen. That I I would, I completely agree with that. I do think that, I mean, this podcast is predicated on the idea that life is a matter of perspective, you know, like the whole idea of 
being able to do this podcast requires that I'm putting myself in a position where I'm not judging the people that come on the show and mm-hmm. saying that like, oh, you should do this or you should do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm on this journey of discovery with them. And yeah. what that requires is for me to not think about what I think is right or wrong or good or bad or whatever, but to just listen and just ask questions. If anything, be curious. Absolutely. Right? So like, I, I would agree that like, you learn by virtue of perspective, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of what we inherit in terms of our mentality is that day-to-day struggle with being able to choose whether or not we can look at the positive or if the bad things that are compiling get to us. But it sounds like you have some experience with the latter because it sounds like you've chosen to do like this really intense thing, like of choosing the good things. Like why do you think you've leaned into that so much of wanting to do that? A lot of, a lot of shit has happened to me in my life where it's like, I always look towards the good. I, yeah. I was fortunate enough to hear a quote instead of everyone always says, "What's the worst that could happen?" Yeah. Why don't we say, "What's the best that can happen?" Yeah. Because the best outcome is what we always want. Mm-hmm. So why do we always look at the worst? True. And so. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, what's the best that can happen? We're like that. That's I agree. Like I said, I agree with that. But I'm so curious as to like how you arrived at that conclusion. Like you said, you, you part of it is that you heard a quote. But I think that things resonate for a reason. Um, I would say that that really comes from. The, you know, inner city black youth experience mm-hmm. um growing up in a single mother household me and my two other brothers shout out to justin and peep mm-hmm. um we were fortunate enough to never fall into the trap never mm-hmm. fall into you know violence drugs anything like that we've all mm-hmm. excelled in in all of our individual ways and paths despite the hurdles of inner city Mm -hmm. youth experiences. Yeah. So in that, it's like you make the way that you you can and that's where it kind of was birthed. Yeah. Where it was like, all right, I can go this way and I can, or I can go this, this way. This way is good. Yeah. All right, well, why not just lean towards the good? Yeah. Bad shit's going to happen to you, but always realize that good also happens to you as well. Yeah. If you focus on the good, then the good will significantly outweigh the bad. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that's fascinating because like while I wholeheartedly agree with that perspective, I think that usually it requires some type of like uh intervening experience to get you there, right? And it sounds like you had the experience of being confronted with like a lot of potentially destructive pathways and you chose to embrace the good that can come out of, you know, working hard, doing whatever you can do to avoid that. 
and you've seen benefit from that? Like, is there anything else other than those experiences that you feel like has made you want to have the perspective that you have in terms of paying attention to the good? Like, or was there like a time when you don't feel like you, was there a time when you didn't pay attention to the good? Yeah. Um, maybe first semester of college wasn't really the best time. Okay. Um, depression really was getting at me uh, homesick a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, through it, towards the end of the semester, my roommate moved out and I had a lot of alone time, which was both good and uh, detrimental to to me and my mental health. Um, mostly to the point of like some thoughts of of suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then I started seeing the the counselor, I guess it would be. I don't think they were a therapist. I think it was just like a student counselor. Um, and they really got me to a point of looking at things in a better light. And mm-hmm. since then, it's been an off and on struggle with mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really where it started. Mm-hmm. Just look, focusing on the good. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it, it life comes at you in waves. And sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you can float through it and, and kind of tread your way through it. And sometimes it, it, it can, mm-hmm. you know, knock you under. Yeah. So um, I would say probably in... And college is where it was the the choice was made to focus on on the good parts of life. Yeah, I think that's that's powerful, and I appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable and share that because I think that it gives meat to the perspective of where that choice comes from, right? Because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people that might be listening, or anybody that might be listening. We always, it's easy to find that the the rhetoric that, you know, tells us how to deal with something, right? Like, mm-hmm. always look for the bright side, or the bright side of things. Always try to find a silver lining, like, mm-hmm. you know, the do or do nots, there is no try. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different hearing that from someone who was confronted with the bleak reality of feeling like they didn't have an alternative, right? Mm-hmm other than looking at the bad stuff yeah, and had to learn by virtue of working with someone counseling, whatever the strategy was to appreciate, you know, look at where I came from, look at the things that I've been able to overcome, look at my successes and that there's value of looking at the things that I, that are going well for me outside of just only focusing on the things that are challenging for me. Even if, you know, the, my mental health is trying to get me to fixate on these things I can choose mm-hmm. To do this other thing yeah you know yeah. i think that that's powerful and i think that that's kind of like why it's so important for people to identify who they are and what brings them joy mm-hmm. because when you know yourself it allows for you to not 
necessarily say that you won't go through things, but it gives you a blueprint for how to deal with whatever it is that life throws at you, right? Absolutely. You know, like it's like you kind of know what's in your utility belt and turn whatever is going to come at you, right? You might not need shark spray or whatever Batman has, but yeah. you you just have it just in case, right? You, you know never know. Right. You never know. And it's dope to know that you have it in case you need it. So, exactly. exactly. Um, but shifting gears towards you know a little bit more about knowing yourself towards the back end of what I was talking about, what brings you joy, like. What do you think is it is that brings you joy? You mentioned bringing people together, creating these spaces of fun. But if you had to focus on just you, something that wasn't about other people, what would you say brings you joy? My kid. Okay, I said just you, and you just instantly mentioned somebody else. No, I, I, I know because <laughs> I'm gonna let you get this off. You have to respect to your kid, but go ahead. Yeah, but uh, my kid brings me joy because my kid came from me. Yeah. Okay. I I look at my kid like I look at my daughter and I see me. Mm-hmm. Not just physical features, but the goofiness, the yeah, the the wondering how things work. Mm-hmm. I see that in her and I'm like that's me. Yeah. When she was 3, she wanted to be Sonic the Hedgehog, so much that she <laughs> like told, for like a hollow holiday or just no, like straight no, no. up like, like straight to be- up straight up <laughs> wanted to be Sonic the Hedgehog so much that she told us that she wanted to be called Big Kid Sonic. Okay, fair enough. So it it brought that back to my childhood because Sonic was one of the first games on Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, Still never beat that. Oh damn! I'm sorry I've never beat a Sonic game. Damn! <laughs> like maybe one on. I think I beat the one on Dreamcast, but this ain't about me. Go ahead. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Damn! I, yeah. <laughs> I still know the music from. Uh, is it Sonic Three? Yeah. Like I'm. I've been scouring the internet trying to find like eight bit video game music. Man, I remember I came home from college one day and saw my little brother, the youngest, because I'm the oldest of five that of my mom's kids, but he was the youngest playing Sonic and he was zooming through the board. And I was like, yo, it was like the, you ever, it's like you realize those certain moments in your life, those past the torch moments. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you ain't yeah. as nice as you thought you was at a yeah, certain yeah. thing. It was definitely one of those like, oh, he's like, they're going to be better than me at this. Cause yeah. he's already like, he's like seven and he's killing this. And I, there's no way I could do this right now. That's so. like Justin playing basketball. I'm like, yeah. fam, just <laughs> Like hang up the rock, like it's yeah, man, pass the torch. Like, <laughs> he'll, he'll he still get at it, and then for weeks he'll be like, "Oh, my hamstring." Hurts. Yeah, exactly. See, he's up one on oh on me, so we'll have to see where it goes from there. Ball is still life though, but I'm sorry. Back to you, your no doubt, daughter. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so yeah, my my daughter brings me joy, but if it had to be about me, self sustaining, yes. Um, my passions. Okay. My passion for brewing brings brings me joy. Okay. Currently enrolled in Point Park's uh, Brewing Science. I okay. finished Brewing Science 101 in the summer. I'm currently enrolled in 102 right now. Um, and that brings me a lot of joy. Like, brewing is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love the work that, that I have to do. Yeah. It's that never stop learning. I I think that's how you know that you're doing something aligned with your purpose. I mean, part of it, as I've always said, it like brings you joys. It brings other people meaning or whatever. But I also think that it's like, 
there there's something that it ignites in you like a genuine curiosity that you don't fixate on how hard it is because anything worth doing is hard mm-hmm. but it's almost like you love how hard it is because it's like you're puzzling absolutely you're figuring it out absolutely yeah uh it's it's literally like a one million piece puzzle mm-hmm. and it's all one color so it's like you got to Figure out the, the the shapes and get the corners right and shit like that. That'd be wild if somebody put an all black puzzle out. Right, that'd right, be crazy. right. <laughs> One yeah. thousand piece puzzle that's all black. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy, but um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, that br- that brings me the probably the most self sustaining joy mm-hmm. in my life is is brewing. What is it about it though? Like you said, it's the puzzling piece. But like, where do you? Of all the things you could literally be doing, brewing, like, what is it about that? The alchemy. Okay. Taking raw ingredients and coming up with something to be enjoyed by someone else or myself. Okay. But mostly someone else, it, it brings me immense joy. Mm-hmm. When you think about where it comes from, and in class we talked about grain and yeast and water profiles and hops mm-hmm. it's endless endless education mm-hmm. um and it is entirely fascinating to me mm-hmm. and that brings me every, every anytime someone asks me like how was class yeah shit was fucking amazing yeah like i love that i love that shit yeah i could it could i could ha- be having the worst day brewing Mm-hmm. And it's still one of the better days of my life. That's dope as hell. That's dope when you can talk about something you love with that much conviction. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating to think also about kind of like, what is it about, like what was it about the the brewing in particular that you made you maybe initially drawn to it? Um. So beer has been in my my life for, and I, I sound like an alcoholic saying that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. No, it's all good. I'm, I mean, I'm still functioning. It's all good. No, it's all right. I get up and go to work. There you go. Um, as long as your life's not falling apart. Respect. No, shit's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. For about 20 years now. So mm-hmm. drinking all the macros and all the, you know, the Miller lights, the Coors lights and uh, Bud lights, drinking all that Colt 45, Mm-hmm. Blue Bull, all all of it. It all, you know, has the same notes. Then I tasted a Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. A Boston lager was completely different than anything I've ever had. Mm. I was like, oh shit. I didn't know that you could do something different than this. Mm-hmm. Then I had Guinness and then I had, you know, different, I had uh, Leinenkugel and I'm like, how do you make beers taste different than this beer and different styles of beer. And mm. so then that was the learning point. Like it was like learning styles of beer. And, and from there it was like learning the ingredients in those styles of beer and then learning the yeast and the hops that goes in those styles of beer Yeah, and how to make, how to have one, one recipe, but you can change one ingredient and come up with a completely different beer. You you said that beer has been in your life for twenty years. Why why that particular thing? I once again I enjoyed being out with friends and enjoying 
revels uh, mm-hmm. and we we've for i think 15 years now we've been going to sidelines bar and grill yeah and even before that we went to a place that no longer exists sports rocks and we would sit on sundays and drink beer eat wings mm. watch football okay um yeah, full transparency. That's what I was curious about, mostly because, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm guiding you towards an answer, but I'm always curious about the story behind the why, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing to figure out a thing that you're good at, no matter what it is, right? Like, if you're somebody who's good at party promotion, if you're somebody who's good at shooting arrows, like, whatever the case is, be good at it. But I think that there is a, there's it's it's lynched into something else right like there's a reason that and you're floating through the universe being this abstract concept or idea that as you're guiding your way through this abyss or this all of this these things it intersected with that and it stuck mm-hmm. you know there's a lot yeah. of things that maybe could have stuck that stuck. but that stuck and it sounds like it's connected to like you associate beer and in, in, in brewing beer not only with the mastery of the craft, but of the experiences that it kind of created or associated with you. Right. Uh, it started with tasting something different than I've ever had mm-hmm. while I was out with friends. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes back to being the catalyst of the life of the party. Yeah. So it it, it all started out with friends, enjoying ourselves, watching football, yeah. tasting something I've never had. And... Then it goes back to the joy that I saw in my in my kid where the learning of how something works. Works, yeah. That's dope because that's almost like and it's interesting that you chose the term alchemy. Shout out to Full Metal Alchemist. That's yeah, I get the little pocket Alchemist. watch yes, in the middle of the, yes, the yes. table right there. Absolutely. Um equivalent exchange, right? But mm-hmm. um it's funny that you said alchemy because it's almost like in some regard, if you can master the craft of the beverage that people associate with a good time, you've mastered the situation. Like you, you have a a control over the situation. Mm -hmm. And that goes to not only brewing, but even, uh, distilling. Um, what is the difference? Cause I'm a novice to all of this, the difference between brewing and distilling. It's, it's, it's very similar with the exception of most distilling starts with corn or, you know, or wheat or some type of grain or potatoes, like, yeah, or grapes. It's um, like how they make alcohol and stuff. Like yeah. That. So okay. once you, once the fermentation is, is complete, that's what gives you the alcohol content. Yeah. And then with distilling, it's about leveling it out. So you get the right ABV, mm-hmm. um, using mostly, mostly water with alcohol. Okay. Um, so most most grain alcohol comes out overproofed, mm-hmm. super hot. Mm, excuse me. Um, so you have to kind of cut it to get it down to the legal limit or the legal limit for that spirit. Yeah. Um, and you can you can do some straight grain alcohol or straight uncut alcohol it's like moonshine and stuff moonshine like that. 151 yeah um boyd and blair actually has a 151 vodka and it's 
it's a potato vodka, but it is so fucking smooth. <laughs> that's scary. I don't want anything that's smooth and that strong. I w- I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a really good, really good martinis. Okay. You can have two of those and be good for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You hit that cruising altitude and you're, you're super good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's the, yeah. the same the same starting points. Yeah. With the exception of with brewing, it's more of a controlled clean environment and with distilling it's okay if it's open air okay um fermentation okay yeah yeah so like but i'm sorry it sounded like you were about to describe like this idea of like the the that mastery of all of those things right like bringing yeah. people together and all of that like so it's it, it's not just beer like you can yeah. create a cocktail and yeah. bring people together yeah um i'm drinking old-fashioned right now and an old-fashioned is a uh Super old bourbon, uh, well, rye whiskey cocktail. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you, if you, someone likes an old fashioned, they say, hey, make me an old fashioned. You make them the best old fashioned they've ever had. Yeah. You've brought them in. Yeah. Now you're talking about how you did this and how you did that and mm. why, what makes it so good. It's, it's all about the ingredients, it's all about yeah. the alchemy, the raw ingredients that makes this drink so good. Yeah. Um, and, in that you can, you you draw people in. Okay. So that's what I, that's what beer does. Like you can make an amazing IPA that draws people in, an amazing lager, an amazing pilsner that draw people's in people in, and they want to know how you did this. Yeah. How did you make this so good? Yeah. So it brings people in, and it creates this this synergy of people that wants to enjoy themselves around this cocktail or this beer or this this drink period yeah um and that's that's the the part that i really enjoy is bringing people together and yeah. it, it all circles back to being the catalyst yeah i think that that's a dope way and i appreciate you going through the effort of describing it like that because i think what you defined is essentially like what most people want to do in this world it's to find something you're good at and hone that in a way that you see people appreciate it and see value in it, right? Absolutely. Like, I always think that, like, one of the most important things that we can do in this world is figure out what, it's like two reasons, like, two most important times in your life, right? Like, when you're born and the moment you find out why. Like, people Mm -hmm. say this all the time. But to find out the why is important because you can infuse that into whatever you do. And I think that it sounds like you've been able to figure out that your purpose is to bring people together in some respects, right? Mm-hmm. And like you do that by leveraging your curiosity, your need, your value of like wanting to see things fit together. Mm-hmm. And at some point you had this like interact this uh this intervening moment where what would Doctor Strange call it? Nexus at like event. Yes, yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? Where you essentially saw the alchemy of the world take place in front of you and saw where you can have a hand in it mm-hmm. as it relates to creating the vibes or creating the space where people have these beers because in some ways that's a universal language. No matter who you are, mm-hmm. if you come together around a good drink, that can start a conversation. It creates that moment of a shared experience for you to exactly. bring people together. And I think that that's dope because I think everybody is looking to do that in their own way but Mm -hmm. i think the only way to do it meaningfully is to figure out to your credit that uniqueness like what's something that you can apply yourself to that has real value and meaning for yourself yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So we'll in that it. spirit of you know reflection and discovery, if I were to ask you who are the people that came before you and what did they teach you, what would you say? Who are those people? Those people would be uh, from the jump. Um, my mother, my grandmother, mm. my uncle Doug. Okay. Justin. Um, my good friend Derek. Okay. My best friend Percy. Okay. Uh, they are the people who had those life directing or life bumping moments to put you on this path. Yeah. Um, and I would start with my mother in the sense that she gave birth to me. Mm-hmm. Um, took care of me, showed me the ins and outs. Like I said, being a single mother um, taught me a lot about life mm. and showed me so much about it that I don't want to say I don't wouldn't need a woman to do something for me, but mm-hmm. that I could do it for myself. Yeah. Um, basic things cooking cleaning mm-hmm. uh, self-care self-maintenance yeah those things um my grandmother stepped further into the cooking and cooking aspect of it being in the kitchen with her uh the alchemy of you know of co- making a, a meal for a family making a meal for multiple families making a meal for yourself mm-hmm. so the cooking and baking aspect in that sense i got from my grandmother the curiosity of my curiosity of how things work I got from my uncle Doug who was a person you could call and say hey uncle Doug my car is not running mm-hmm. alright I'll come take a look at it uncle Doug my sink's backed up can you come take a look at it uncle Doug I I'm, I need to build a garage alright I'll come take a look at it mm-hmm. so he was probably the best example of jack of all trades, master of none. And I know the ending part of that quote as well, but mm-hmm. he was the example of like to be good at everything instead of great of one thing. Okay. Um, and then Justin, we're, we're so close in age, uh, 18 months apart to the day. Just growing up next to him and kind of growing up in his shadow. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Perry after middle school. I went to Oliver. And then it was like, it was both a, terrible schools. I'm just joking. My bad. No disrespect. Damn. Just joking, man. My wow. bad. Just joking, man. That's a all little right. city school beef. but No, no doubt. Uh, and it's, it's all good. What, what no, school did you go to? I don't even want to say it. No, no, say that Carrick. shit. Yeah, I want the character. Fam. <laughs> Fam. I'm just playing, man. Much How, respect. Really? Yeah, much respect Carrick. for Carrick. Whatever, man. The motherfucker. Continue your story, the man. The fucking Raiders. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, so then I went to Oliver, and yeah. everything I learned from him growing up in the shadow, I got to do on my own. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much when it was like, it was the point of who is Devin. 
and Devin really kind of grown in that role in in high school. It was like I got to be I didn't I wasn't Justin's little brother. Mm-hmm. I was Devin. Mm-hmm. So um shout out to my brother for going to Perry. <laughs> um yeah, you were, you were, you, oh, excuse me, you were able to carve out a space for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um and then meeting my best friend Percy at working at Finish Line in uh, Ross Park Mall. And he showed me a lot about growth because he was thrusted in a ro- into a role of, um, of fatherhood and uh, husband mm-hmm. at a very, I don't say young age, but he's been in that role for quite some time now. And mm. I learned a lot from him, you know, in, in far as, as far as growth goes and maturity. Mm. You know, what's fascinating to me about you sharing that story is it's almost like, and I don't know, maybe because you were primed to think about this, given the nature of the conversation, but it's like each of those elements that you described that you valued, it's something that you've taken away from all the people you described. Mm-hmm. But what's also interesting is that in all of those people, you described a characteristic that was predicated on taking care of somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know, like, why do you think that that is? Like, like I mean, because we touched on it earlier, but like wanting to be the person that brings people together maybe having mastery over that through the alchemy of creating brewing or brewing or whatever it is that allows you to piece things together and be creative. But ultimately all of this resting on wanting to take care of people. Why? Because as humans, we're not selfish. I've learned that we take care of each other. We take care of people because that's what we're supposed to do. Fair enough. But I think that that's, that's a philosophy, right? It, a philosophy has to be something that you subscribe to based on a set of beliefs or values and all of that. Like my thing is like of all the philosophies, why that one? Because there's people that might agree with that, but they don't do the things they're, they're not wired in a way to think about how do I support people, right? It's like you see it all the people that you named that are unique in their own right, have their own strengths and all of those things. The one thing mm-hmm. that resonated with you, at least in your retelling of all of them, mm-hmm. is their support. Yeah. Why is it that support plays such a strong role in your narrative? It plays a strong role because everyone needs help. Okay. You can't go through life by yourself. Do you feel like it? That's that's indicative of you being at a point when you needed help in getting it, like that. Maybe that had a significant impact because it sounds like you keep saying everybody needs help. You're thinking about everybody else. I'm asking you why do you? It's almost like me asking you why do you care that everybody needs help. You can choose not to. That's also a choice. It is a choice. Yeah, and you're but you're not but you're actively choosing to care. I care because it's it's human to care. You keep saying it's human, but it's also human to not care, which means that 
things can be alternative. Like there can be alternatives. So you're, you've made an active choice to do one of those things. Yeah. Why? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's also an easy answer, right? Like, it's yeah. like, but that's like saying you're, you, again, if Be, that's what you're supposed to do, I could agree with that. Because the, the, the 50-50 of life is to care or to not to care. True. And you, you've been saying that, like, your goal in this is to say that, like, you, you're, that's what you're meant to do. I agree with all of those things. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why you're meant to do that thing. And when I find out, I'll let you know. And that's what I'm asking. And that's the thing. Like, that's that's what I'm curious about. You just want me to say, I don't know, Tom. No, I don't want yes, you, you to do. say that. <laughs> you want me to say, I don't know, no. Tom. But what I'm saying is, like, that's the fun of answering these questions about ourselves. It's not to just get a soundbite of, I don't know, Tom. It's more or less to say, where is the edge of my understanding about myself, right? Yeah. And listening to you. It was fascinating for me to hear you talk about each of these distinct people. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you talked about in each of them is how they supported someone else or did something in even different ways. Like they didn't all do the same thing. Mm. They didn't have no. the same specialty. But the one thing they did do was support others. Or Absolutely. at least that's the, one of the things you highlighted about them. Yeah. And I'm sure these people like had full lives and did other things. And and, and chose to not help others. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. So but what I'm saying is it's so interesting to think about out of all the ways that you can look at the world, there's a reason why you keep looking at it in the way that wants to help people. Yeah. I don't know, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Fair enough. Fair no, enough. I, I, I genuinely do not know why I choose to help or why those, like, why the help aspect of it is so prominent in my life. Mm-hmm. I guess the answer would be because I, I needed the help at the time. Yeah. Or I wanted the help yeah combination of both but why do i help people i'm not sure i think that that's a powerful start though what you just said right like because i think that that and i never want to lead people into a a trauma-oriented response like Mm -hmm. because that's it's it's not it's not a this podcast isn't about that but what i've noticed in doing these episodes over and over again is that like People feel this strong. The people that feel as though they know what their purpose is, mm-hmm. whether or not they become aware of it, it's usually rooted in healing or helping some, people. Yeah. Well, yeah, healing something in themselves, right? Yeah. And and I don't want to say that like I don't want to put too much salt on it, but you saying that it's maybe because I needed or wanted it, it's like you almost want to be the change you want to see in the world. Like yeah, yeah. I want to put this out there because inherently based on how I feel, I know how important it is. Mm -hmm. And the reason that only, only reason I bring that up is because one of the other things you talked about was being in college and struggling to the point of like, you know, dealing with all these mental health issues. And it was the help that you received that brought you out of that. Right. So it's almost like whether it's through, you know, instinct or otherwise, you've kind of seen real value in now putting that out there, creating that yourself. Absolutely. You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I, w- I would I would agree with that. Um, 
It's like Robin becoming a crime fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you've dealt with this massive trauma Mm -hmm. and now you've seen this example of somebody who's out there taking, and it's like, oh, I can do that too. Right. You know what I mean? You're doing it in a much more productive way than he chose to. I mean, (laughs) that's debatable. Beating up people in the hood is not a great way to fight crime, Robin. It's not, especially (laughs) especially in, in, in tights. Yes, in Gotham City. Uh, yeah. Batman had Robin exposed in them bright ass colors, but never mind. Go ahead. He, I mean, yeah, he was he was <laughs> set up to be the, the the proxy. The distraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're bright as fuck. You'll stand out. Exactly. I'll, I'll lurk in the shadows. Exactly. Until they got until they got someone killed. Until they got a, a Robin killed. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jason Todd. No I think doubt. that was it. I think that was the the, the Robin that, that. Yeah, it was the Robin. It yeah, came yeah. back or whatever. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but go ahead. We nerded out for a second, but go That's ahead. Okay. Shout out to my shout out to my black nerds. Like absolutely, black Blurds. nerds in the building. Yeah, Blurds is in the building for real. For absolutely. Real. Yeah, because I've I've been I've been heavy on my anime. Yep. Um, you want to do a top five anime? This is an unprecedented on the pod. I I I will not do a top five anime. Okay, you don't want to galvanize the you don't want to yeah because like there's there's just way too much and I'm watching this one. I just um. I don't even know the title. I just just started watching it. I was in episode one of it. Let me hold on. Let me. It's, I know it's in my in my tabs. I got. I only got seventy six open. That's actually good. <laughs> uh, Shangri La Frontier. Okay. So if you if you haven't watched that, check it out. All right. Yeah, Shangri La Frontier. Okay. Well, we got an anime recommendation. I, I've become much more of a manga reader because uh. It being somebody who values stories and connections, like mm-hmm. I become insatiable once I want to know what's next. And yeah, like yeah. animes don't move fast enough. They be having fillers. They be going on side yeah, quests. Yeah, they yeah. want like fifteen thousand frames of lightning. I'm like, yo, get to the next plot point. But that's just me. Yo. I know. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so, um, but uh, oh, Ace, you want to come chill with me for a change? Oh, no, whatever. No, he just he just like all right, cool. I'm like I'm chilling now. Ace, the the, the co-host, the official co-host of the pod. Yeah, he's been cuddled up under me the whole time, and it's all good. I yeah. I fuck People, with dogs. I fuck with cats. Like I don't mess with cats all like that because they steal your soul. But that's a question for another pod. Um, so what's something you think you're really good at? Hmm, that is a good question. I'm. Good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, and I'm, I'm not. It's a humble brag. Yeah, but there's not one thing that I'm good at. Okay, that so I, is your thing that you're good at is being good at things? Yeah, my, I feel like Kev can say that too. He's like yeah, professional, like at everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm good. I'm the thing I'm good at is being good at as a lot of things. All right, what do you think? Why do you think that is? goes back to education okay. i i want to know how things work uh-huh. so i can change a tire change brakes change oil change an alternator mm. um i can bake a cake i can bake a souffle yeah i can you know i can do a lot of things good what do you think it is about your method or your process or just you in general that allows you to do these things well the nonstop, uh, the nonstop 
quest for knowledge. Okay. For understanding, for mm. learning. Um, I have this this ridiculous acronym for life, and that's learning experience. Learning intelligence from experience. What is that? What is that? An acronym? What is that? And that's an acronym for life. Oh, life, learning, intelligent through. Okay, cool. Learning intelligence from experience. From experience. I was wondering yeah. where the F was. Okay. Yeah. Learning intelligence from experience. Okay, yeah. That, and so that is like, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I want to learn as much as I can from the experiences I go through. Yeah. I, I, I like I said earlier, when you mentioned it, I, I definitely agree with that, that, that mindset because. I think that it's essential to have to to grow in any capacity, and I think that it's why, like, whenever I talk about cultural competency and the things that I do for work, mm-hmm. I try to get people to to wrap their mind around the fact that learning to deal with people through difference and and people who are different from you and all of those things, it's not about like, well, how do I deal with someone who's trans or how do I deal with someone who is. Uh, you know, maybe not able-bodied or how, how do I deal with somebody who's neurodivergent? It's about how do I deal with difference, right? What mm-hmm. is my experience when I discover difference and how do I react to it? What you're recognizing in yourself is that when you experience difference, it sparks in you some form of curiosity, this need to know more, to understand, and it makes you want to go after it and pursue it. Mm-hmm. And, and get it in any means necessary. And you're fortunate enough to live through it in the information age where it's fairly easy to get that, right? I mean, I've also, I mean, I grew up in the analog age as well. Yeah, like, that's fair. Um, I'm 41. Shout out to the card catalog. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I mean, shit, I still know my Dewey Decimal System. There like, you go. Humble like, flex. Real shit. Like, it's, it's a situation <laughs> where I can read a an analog clock and I can read a digital clock. Like, yeah. I, I know how to work an iPhone and a typewriter. Like, yeah. Um, excuse me as I pour another drink. No, take your time. No doubt. <laughs> I wish I had my spoon. See, there you go. You gotta spin it like a savage. <laughs> this man doesn't have the tools I need to create. I have a whole uh, little bar thing over there. All man. right, then, get, then, then please get me a spoon so I can uh, stir this. All right, man. We'll take a minute to get him a spoon. Thank you. <laughs> Why is your bar set up not in the in the? It shows you that random. I don't even use this, right? Is this what you're referring to? That is exactly what I'm referring to. Thank you. There you you go. See, happy to help, man. Yeah. All right, you're getting me ready for whenever Justin comes on. Oh, jeez, no, you you need to bring that thing in here if he's in here. Yeah. Oh my god, man. But in terms of like that curiosity. You know, you've identified what you're good at. Where does that curiosity maybe come from? That, that's a good question. Um, the curiosity comes from um, truthfully my Uncle Doug. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned your uncle earlier. Yeah, my Uncle Doug is probably the most influential person as far as the education and never the the the, the learn the yearn to learn uh-huh. um, aspect of my life, mm-hmm. um, 
he was he was a barber. He was a electrician. He was a plumber. He was a skilled um, mason masonry mm-hmm. mason masonry masonry. Yeah, I think yeah. it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like so, he wait. I think. Did you get the couch from Levin? Yeah. Yeah, I think I have the same couch. There you go. Yeah. It's definitely a nice couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a wild pause. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, literally, I was like, wait a second. It's a wild yeah. moment to have an epiphany moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dog, you know, like, wait. But no, I, was, I was, you know, I've also had a, a few drinks at work too. So just like, hey, I'm, man, take, I'm primed. That's fine. Um, but no, my uncle Doug um, was skilled in a lot of things, and I'm not saying that I want to be my uncle Doug. Yeah, but he was the person who really planted that seed in me to to become good at at a lot of at, at being mm. to be good at, at being good at things. It, it almost seems like. You that was almost or probably one of your earlier examples of seeing somebody who had a skill and was also valued for that skill. Yeah, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you said that in your description of him earlier that everybody could come to him for anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. he could handle it, right? So it wasn't that like he just had this ability. It was that that other people also valued him for having that ability. Absolutely, you know absolutely. It was there was never a time where. My uncle Doug wasn't doing something. Yeah, he was always. Yeah, he was always doing something for someone, whether it was building something yeah. or fixing something, or cutting hair. He was always always there. You ever wonder why he did it? I was too young. Okay, I was too young to to understand why he could do everything that he did. Mm-hmm. Um. But as I got older and once he started slowing down, um, I really understood it. Okay. And he did those things because he loved learning as well. Mm. He had, there's this painting or this, this piece of art in my mom's house of a picture of my little brother, one of his, his school pictures, and it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He, he did that. Mm-hmm. When I tell you he was good at a lot of things, mm. this man could take a picture and make a pencil and give you a pencil drawing of it. That's crazy. I will try to get a picture of it for my mom's and, and send it to you. I appreciate that. No doubt. You can We can send it for the trailer. Like One of the things that I think are dope about looking back at the people that came before us and like these examples is that you almost get to kind of get a glimpse into how cyclical life is, is that we're the next generation of whatever Mm -hmm. this is meant to be, because you see the ability of the previous generation and what they were able to accomplish with less. Mm -hmm. And you like, damn, if somebody like that would have lived in a time where you could just pick something up and learn, like, you know what I'm saying? It's dope. And so it, it sounds like in some ways you're, your willingness or your your uh, zest for wanting to be that is in, in, is inheriting some of that legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I, I feel if, if if my uncle Doug was alive at my age now, mm-hmm. oh, he'd be killing shit. Yeah, like the 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 fact that the information isn't as hard to get. Yeah. Oh, he'd be he'd be destroying it life right now. He'd be. Well, you're doing a good job yourself, man. So don't sell yourself too short. No, no, no. I'm I'm yeah. I'm not selling myself short because yeah. I'm just saying that he was he was he was a great human being. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate it. Shout out to Uncle Doug. Shout man. out to Uncle Doug. All right, so may, a little bit of a shift in question. You might be ready for it since you listen to the pot. What's something you're afraid of? Something that I am afraid of mm-hmm. is being accepted for who I am. Mm. And I say that to say that um, it took a long time. But um, on my birthday this past year, I came out to my mother. Mm. Uh, and later on that year, this year, probably the hardest thing I did was coming out to my brother. Mm. So um, coming out as bisexual to my family and friends has, has been the probably the, the thing that I've been most afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of rejection, fear of disassociation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I'm afraid of. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable again. I mean, you've been vulnerable this whole podcast. No doubt. And understanding that fear, like one of the things that I did, I don't I don't understand it myself because that's not something I struggle with, but mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of students who I was in charge of an all-male residence hall. And I remember one of the things that would happen is that young men who identified in a lot of different ways outside of the heteronormative way would say I don't want to live there or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I don't I don't want to stay there and it's like before they even step foot it's because they understand like they were vocalizing to me and I had to be sensitive to that I couldn't mm-hmm. just be like oh don't worry about it yada yada like yeah it's a genuine fear of safety yeah you know what I mean because now the dynamic is going to change or people are now going to judge me not as who I am, but what I am. Mm-hmm. And for some people that is a there that, that takes a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's one thing to identify with a black collective in my opinion and say like, well, yeah, I get judged like that because I'm black, but there's a widespread understanding for what that can be like. Right. Once you carve that identity out, intersectionalize that a little bit more, mm-hmm. it gets way more, com- it gets yeah. a little bit more complicated. Than Absolutely. That. So yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when as you manage that fear, like how did you find ways or steps of overcoming it? Because you said you take you took these steps to come out to your family. Like how did you overcome that? Um honestly it was just about really focusing on the positives of it. Like if I do mm-hmm. come out to this person, mm-hmm. they could accept it and mm-hmm. just want me to be happy um and it's it was really just working up the nerve to have that conversation with with uh with anyone 
it's it's difficult. It's difficult when you have lived your life in hiding mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't equate that to something else. Mm-hmm. But um, it is the. the biggest thing that was bothering me is was what if I lose the people around me who are my support mm-hmm. who are my my go-tos mm-hmm. um, and that was that was big for me I don't I didn't want to lose my support system I didn't want to lose my inner circle Mm. especially and that's what I think that maybe is not spoken about or is maybe not highlighted about enough about that process of coming out is because the 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 comfort of not like of choosing to deny a part of yourself is Mm. also equally as tempting yeah you know what I mean because like you said you didn't want to lose that which meant that you recognize that doing whatever I was doing although that was denying a part of me, mm-hmm. there was a benefit in that because I could still have this. Yes. But to embrace my full self and be who I am, I had to risk that mm-hmm. and, and put that on the line. And that's what it took. Took me 41 years to do it. Yeah. my What's wild to me about you saying that too is that it connects all the way back to why you had such a positive outlook on the world is because it was almost like you needed to in order to do the things that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that you could have, you know, like Yoda said, do or do not, there is no try. No try yeah. You can't equivocate once you start to make those type of decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I'd imagine that in some degrees it was rewarded to, I, I would like to believe that that was the case. Like you being willing to take that leap, that was rewarded. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was very rewarding. Um, It, it was, well received, uh, it, and has been well received. Yeah, and we're talking um, only be only really being out for eleven months. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is the first time you've yeah you've heard this as well. Absolutely. So, um, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time a lot of people uh, who are my friends have heard this. Yeah. Listening to the podcast. Um, It is. It has been a very rewarding year, mm. being able to be as open and free as I've been this year. That's so dope to me, yo. Because it, it's it highlights. Take away the context. Take away everything that we're discussing in terms of the specifics. What it fundamentally shows is that no matter how challenging that hurdle is between you and what you want. I don't know. This dude is, what's going Ace, on? You, Ace, you okay? Barking? No, he's trying to have a little growl. On. You okay? Like, are you having a growl fest? Or he's you just about to, interrupting me. You about you know to bark While making good points, Ace. But no, like, no matter how difficult or how challenging that hurdle is between you and what you believe is in charge, like in, 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 in charge of your greatness, this dude's trying to get my dog drunk. This is outrageous. 
I'm not trying to get him drunk. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm seeing if he likes old fashioned. This is ridiculous. But no, he does like not. it's it's ultimately rewarding once you fight that that that. Demon. No, no, no. Give me back. Give me back a napkin. See, no. See, you got gave him a taste for it. Come here, Ace. Thank you. No, bro, no doubt. But uh, <laughs> but no, like it, it reminds me of like how people say like if you're being bullied, the only way to deal with it is to go up to the dude that's bullying or whoever's bullying you and punch him in the face, right? It's to yeah. like almost address it head on. Right. And like they don't talk about they talk about the strategy, they don't talk about what it requires. Overcoming that fear. Mm-hmm. And that's intense, you know what I'm saying? Like so, like, not only, like I said, I appreciate you sharing this because it's it's one thing to share a story, but it's one thing to share it because you know somebody else can benefit from it, too. So no doubt. I think that definitely takes courage for whatever people are going through. Like, people might not be thinking about coming out, but it may be more about thinking about quitting my job or starting my job or, mm-hmm. you know, going to school or going leaving school. Like, whatever that choices in your life that's stopping you from being your full self Mm -hmm. you know what that is you can feel it and there's a fear in terms of addressing that Mm -hmm. i i hope that someone listens to an episode of this podcast and and is inspired Mm -hmm. that is i i mean i listened to the um the the girl who was the party planner what's her, what's her uh, name Kishana Kishana thank yeah. you thank you thank you That's right. um I listened to her episode and like she's like to be an old to be old like she bowed about it yeah like I, I <laughs> fucks with that like that yeah. she was she's like she gets to it I'm doing this I'm doing this this is the yeah. this is the hope to do this like yeah she's trying to do something for Pittsburgh nightlife and yeah I fucks with that and. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was inspiring. Like, yeah. And that's what I think is so dope about that. That's like the, um, that's the, the, the unintended outcome that I've learned to appreciate about these podcasts is that like, I see how dope everybody's story is, but mm-hmm. I sound ridiculous, right? Because if I tell everybody they're dope, then nobody appreciates my opinion because I'm saying it to everybody. If, yeah. But when if I everyone's say dope, that, no one's dope. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But what I'm saying that to say is that if you do the work to find your uniqueness, mm-hmm. that's what's dope. That's dope. As shit, you know man. what I mean? And yeah. I think that it's because I've trained myself to look for uniqueness in people. Mm-hmm. That's why I, that's what I'm seeing when I say that person's dope. I'm right. seeing that uniqueness and it's like everybody else might not be able to see that, but I do. Like that's what's shining through. Yeah, like dope isn't a dope isn't linear. Yeah. Like, like there's different levels of dopeness. There's different Exactly. Different avenues, different rays of dopeness. Like dopeness goes it there's a multitude of dopeness. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you you have to give room for creativity for exploration for people to find themselves because that's how you arrive at these things that we we love these animes these marvel movies mm-hmm. even though marvel's been slacking, slacking. lately yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but like these these stories these game of thrones these mm-hmm. all of these things that we look at and we say like yo that's funny or that's that's interesting like those come from people's lived experiences and that's what i love about this narrative is that no matter, there's an old thing that people say, it's like a, uh, I think it's this concept about storytelling. 
It's that there's only seven stories that have ever been told, and we keep telling the same ones over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And what I love about that concept is that it, it shows that it's not about what happens that's important. It's about why it happens. Yeah. Yes. Like you can you can tell one story a multitude of ways. Exactly. So but the why is what keeps me like there were so many people that I remember, I, one of my favorite analogies in recent memory of like seeing people embrace the why and not the what is Game of Thrones, even though it didn't end the way that people oh, wanted good. it to. We, we're not going to talk about that. We're exactly. Not but watching people, I think it was around season five or six when you seen the shift of like the, the common person was like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. And it was because they recognized that they originally dismissed the what because it's like dragons and people in the Middle Ages. Like, I ain't yeah. paying attention to that. But then when they recognized the drama, like, oh, that's his cousin. And that's, it's like, yeah. they started to understand. They started to understand, like, so, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got on board with it. So it was like that why is what they needed. And that's what's so fascinating to me is because that's what I start with looking for is mm-hmm. the why. Like, the I'm why, always yeah. interested in the why. I used to say one of my old friends would say to somebody, like, they're dumb and I'm like that's good enough for them once they think you're dumb they don't need to talk to you mm-hmm. even if I think you're dumb I want to know how you got yeah how, <laughs> like, how did you become so fucking dumb but uh and and for that it, it's it's a weird situation it's a weird dichotomy because you're always you're always taught or you're taught to not ask you know in quotes God why yeah and I don't, I'm like, well, why is that? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you not supposed to question your path or your destiny or whatever God has chosen for you? Yeah. If you have, if God gave man choice, why why yeah. not question that? Yeah. My, my theory about spirituality, and I don't know if this is blasphemous or not to say, but it's that, it all you depends know, on if, what you're like, we, I think it blends into a more Christian oriented mindset, but the 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 notion that God made us in His image is the Christian faith and the backing. Mm-hmm. But what I take that as is that we all possess a shard of the truth in mm-hmm. our perspective. It's like we all get like a a, a sliver of a glimpse at the whole. Mm-hmm. And the more that I go around collecting people like Pokemon cards, their perspective, their stories, I get more and more of a glimpse into, like you said, that puzzle. Mm-hmm this divine picture of like the way the world looks because I'm not so naive as to think that the way that I see the world is the way to see the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any singular person possesses that perspective. I think it's more about the shared understanding of all. So like you said, you're never going to learn everything. My goal, like Ash Ketchum used to be catch them all. Like Mm -hmm. I want to talk to everybody, literally everybody. You know what I mean, and and that brings it brings it back to the um. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, Ace. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm I'm scratching his belly, and when I stop to talk, he scratches. Started me. fidgeting. He's yeah, a spoiled dog. Yeah, spoiled as hell. <laughs> but um, it brings it back to bringing people together. Yeah. The more people you have together, the more shards you see. Yep. The more, the clearer the picture. Yep. So, I mean, if I can get the world together, then shit. There you go. You can, I want to. You get the world together, and then I can talk to everybody in the room. You got a plan. Yeah. You know? All right. So, with that being said, what's the uh, what's the ultimate 
version of you wave a wand have all the resources everything you need to create the ultimate version of you what are you doing i am owning and managing a brewery in a black underserved neighborhood okay okay why those things um because we're under underrepresented in the brewing community by 98 percent it's 98 percent non-black um and i love my people Mm -hmm. i want them to have access to craft beer Mm -hmm. i want them to have access to good craft beer Mm. i want them to have access to good craft beer in their neighborhood Mm mm-hmm I want that guy who only drinks Miller Lite to come in and try our equivalent mm. to it and like it. Mm. And while he's there, try my IPA. Yeah. Try try my stout. Yeah. He might switch up. Okay. She might switch up. They might switch up. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal is to to be in a brewery, to be running a brew with my brother Justin and my friend Derek, uh, the essentially uh, Severus of 412 Beer. Okay. Uh, shout out to 412 Beer. Okay. Um, and doing our thing. Um, brewing and, and possibly distilling, coming up with cocktail ideas and things like that in a, in a black underserved neighborhood it's almost like that full circle moment it's funny because it's like uh you know um the the more it's the full hero's journey art you know you leave and then you end up realizing that where you are needed is essentially where you begin Mm -hmm. but it's with that collected knowledge that you've gained along the journey and your journey in some ways it, it was it sounds like it was sparked and catalyzed by you know your mother and your grandmother you know, showing you the value of supporting people with effort, but also with strategy and special like expertise, you know, in a way that you talked about your grandmother being in the kitchen. And then you, you saw that expertise be appreciated in vast quantities and in an array of different ways, which your uncle Doug, you know what I'm saying? And then you almost inherited your, your willingness to kind of go out there and step out on your own and, and be willing to step out on your own by, be inspired by your brother, but then ultimately cut off from him mm-hmm. as in the support system. And you gained all of this knowledge and perspective. You learned about yourself. You did the work. You survived your college experiences only to kind of take the final steps of appreciating who you are. Let people, or excuse me, not appreciating, but showing people who more of who you are, mm-hmm. putting that out there. And then to talk about your final step being, to bring that full self back to where you started, yeah, it's very poetic. You Thank know you. what I'm saying? It's very, it's very interesting. So. Thank you. No Appreciate problem. So that. it'll be an interesting story when that happens. So, all right. Uh, my final question that I have um, is the one that we started with. You know, so after having this conversation, you know, maybe after a few, uh, uh, what is it, whiskey neats? Um, no, old fashions. Or old fashions. I'm yeah. sorry, neat is without any anything. But yeah, yeah old fashions. Who are you again if you were to answer that question? Still an idea. All right. 
uh, I, I'm still an idea that is ever changing, okay. um, is ever learning, ever evolving. Okay. All right. You gave it. You gave it up a lot, so I'll, I'll settle for that answer because I do think that that it, 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 like you said, it starts where we end it, and I think that that's yeah. a, a great loop. So you know the you know the drill. Any questions for me? What made you want to? start a podcast about inquiring about people's lives and how they became who they they became it really started out as kind of a um in in a lot of ways uh an exercise to see if there was value in role modeling my own experience mm -hmm. like when i figured out and i went through the process of self-discovery and thought about the things that I went through to find purpose, I wanted to see if there was value in trying to teach it to others. Gotcha. And I realized that the only way to teach it to others is to kind of walk them through the experience. It's one thing to say, answer these questions about yourself, but not a lot of people have experience in self-reflection, like mm -hmm. guided self-reflection. It's one of the reasons when people say that everybody needs therapy, it's not because everybody is dealing with mental illness, even though that's debatable. It's, because people are not used to asking themselves questions that don't have answers, yeah. but looking in, in, in looking for that process of discovery. Mm -hmm. So I realized that if I could set up a platform where I did that, mm -hmm. then maybe that would not only help the people that came on the show, but it might help the listener who's also trying to struggle with where they are. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because so, so basically, this is this is black therapy. Yeah, <laughs> just therapy in general. Like yeah, but but. The, the the biggest thing also was that I do want to become appreciated. I would love to make a living from doing this. So mm -hmm. like, but I realized that I could I can only make a living doing something that I valued and believed in. Without. And it couldn't be a podcast that exploited people. Like the ultimate vision in 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 terms of what I've seen be possible is a talk show, right? Mm -hmm. um, so but it's, I it's like a cross between like Rookie Lake and yeah. Deces Amaro. Like that's, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kev, Kev called me Montel Williams. So like uh, no, yeah. damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but wow. it's like it's just like I always think about talk shows and I thought about how essentially like it's celebrities and people coming up and talking about their lives or promoting something. Mm -hmm. But what if there was just an everyday talk show that just role modeled for people how to find purpose? Because the one thing that I realized and I think COVID had a lot to do with this, was that everybody, or not everybody, a lot of people had an opportunity to sit down and ask themselves, what am I meant to do with the, the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And for some people, it meant do X, Y, Z, and they knew what that was. For a lot of people, it was I don't know. And for a lot of people, they just realized, not only don't I know, I'm unhappy. And the only answers that I think that are, excuse me, the only answer to that question is to figure out what you're meant to do while you're here. Mm -hmm. If you keep, in my opinion, focusing on the what, like what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, and not the mm -hmm. why, you're always going to end up doing things that you probably you don't, don't want to do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But when you find out the why that you love, then you can infuse that into whatever you do. No doubt. You know what I'm saying. Like I that's agree. what I believe. So I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, my 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 COVID experience was terrible. Mm -hmm. My COVID experience was. Um, becoming thirty percent cyborg. Mm. Yeah, I got a lot of metal in me and some computer yeah. chips. Um, 
So my next question would be to you is, were you really lying down on Bourbon Street? I was lying down, but I wasn't touching skin. So the, if you watch the other angle of the picture, my like my my torso is angled up. I'm fully like all the clothes. You're clothed. Is, yeah, yeah, clothed, yeah, yeah. But there's no skin actually touching the street. Even the way that my arm is angled, I'm not touching the street. But okay. apparently, that is a very like uh, controversial thing that I did. It, you got to understand, I probably wasn't in the. the the most correct headspace when I was doing that. Yeah, and yeah. it was for the kids, man. Yeah, like, trick a lot of kids. kids. Like, trick a lot of kids. It was the kids. Trick a like, lot of kids. I get it. They, I get it. And they stood on business. I didn't want to be on the street, but yeah. they stood on business. Okay. So it is what it is. I All took right. my L like a man. No it doubt. Is what it no is. doubt. <laughs> I'm, I'm, still, I'm still sad that my body wouldn't allow me to, to make it out that night. Because it would have been a lot of fun. I was, I was ready to pick up the pieces. Oh, my God, man. But what a time, man. Mm-hmm. What a time. It was a lot of fun being done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my Ask as many questions as you want, man. My next question would be, who is Tom? The more I'm learning about myself, I think that Tom is Tom is the it's almost like the watcher if i was to to describe it okay but a, but an active watcher mm-hmm. like a watcher who intervenes so if you're not a marvel then you're, fan you're not the you're watcher probably then. not familiar with the watcher but so, this but the what's his name actually does intervene he formed the alliance and all of that so anyway okay i ain't gonna get too okay. deep in the nerd woods but even i'll take it out no, of the watcher. let's go let's go into the black force <laughs> yeah no, no. it's i'll take it out of the watcher it's more of like i think that my my goal in uh, life is to like I think of it as almost like this Lord of the Rings like the narrator of this great journey like somebody list like watching this epic unfold right okay. at least in terms of where I've gotten now mm-hmm. but my 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 goal is to help as many people as I can along the way gotcha by being the thing that they they don't have in any other capacity Like, it's like, because I I try to be like, instead of being a person in the room that is going to mimic the thing that everybody else is going to say, I'm always thinking of like, what's the other way of looking at something, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen that be valuable because sometimes it's not easy to speak up. And I've been fortunate that, you know, I use humor a lot to, to, to couch a lot of what I say, but I'm always willing to draw attention to the thing that's unpopular. Like mm-hmm. people joke about me being a big, a big sexy fan, like mm-hmm. for sexy red. It's like, I don't one, I don't look at her as having this horrific impact on the black community, but I also can appreciate uniqueness. Like it's one thing for this girl to just get up there and rap and, and be okay at rapping. But she, you can tell by looking at her, mm-hmm. that's her. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And, and for good, for bad, for worse, whatever, and I admire anybody that's willing to put themselves out there for consumption of this media, of all of the scrutiny, all of the mm-hmm. criticism, and still be you. Who you are, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And like that, so so I like that's the thing that I want to continue to role model and be, because I think that the more I'm able to do that, I've seen people appreciate me 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've not always been the person that... I've always felt like I've been, like... I've had to, like, do something to prove my worth to the group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was never someone that, like, was valued just because I was there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or for my, my inherent ability. Mm-hmm. It was always, like, Tom is smart or whatever. So I used to just appreciate being smart. But then I was like, well, what's the point of being smart if it, you're just being smart? Like, I've found the com- a value in wanting to help people. So no doubt. I, that's why I say I'm like this journaler because I watch, I listen, I can appreciate the stories. But I also want to intervene and show people how to step into more of themselves and do the things they want to do, whatever that is. So, so it goes to what... What inspired you to help? Want to do this? To to help because you said that um, you were a breakup. Really, <laughs> full transparency. Okay, it was um like I'd been in a long term relationship and uh, we had decided to go our separate ways and I I realized at some point I was like one I didn't want to be bitter I mm-hmm. thought that that was an immature response to having spent. A significant amount of time with somebody who you cared about, who you appreciated. I thought mm-hmm. it was to just be like, oh, this person is X, Y, Z and be upset. I was like, I'm too old for that is essentially the conclusion I came to. No doubt. And it was also me desiring to look at the situation and look at what did I learn? What am I meant to learn from this? And mm-hmm. what I realized was that for too long and this relationship was an example of it. I've been putting my I've been putting too much worth of my own worth on other people to give me, right? Like I've mm-hmm. been I've been requiring too much of other people to affirm that I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I needed to find a way to show myself on a day-to-day basis that I'm good enough and stand on that. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to find it, it's another thing to have it tested. And for you to say no, because I was a big people pleaser. Yeah. And I used to view that as valuable because I'm like, I'll do whatever for somebody. But if you're just doing it because you're afraid that people are not going to fuck with you, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. So through that process of like going through that breakup and wanting to figure out like who I was and be able to stand on my own, Mm -hmm. it led me to all of these questions. And professionally, it made me think about how do I do my work differently? It just made me curious about life again. And then I just arrived at the conclusion that like, oh, you're the thing, who you are starts at what you loved doing the most, what brings you the most joy. Mm-hmm. And, and love is fickle. That's why I said joy, because it's that euphoria, that yeah. excitement. And when I thought about what I enjoyed, I went back when I was a little kid and going through all the years. And I was like, okay, well, that's one thing to figure out what you enjoy you got to be able to do something with it. So where are you good at? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Figured out what I was good at. And then when I went through that process, it made me say, oh, well, if this is a valuable process, how do I get other people to do the same for themselves? No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So okay. that's why I started the podcast. And, 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 and that's ultimately was the genesis of it was that, that process of self-discovery of wanting to look at a situation again, avoid picking the low hanging fruit is on my Twitter hashtag, but Mm -hmm. people don't pay attention to that. But it's like, it's easy to see a situation and then just kind of join a side because it's like, but it's another thing to step back. And I I remember I asked my homie on this most recent episode, 
she was saying that uh, she hates people who are, like have poor time management. And I said, think of a good reason, just as an exercise, of why somebody might have poor time management. And she couldn't do it. And she eventually came up with an answer. But it's like, it takes energy to step outside of yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. you have to value that. Like, yeah. you have to know that as, as right as you think you are, as, 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 as correct as you feel like you might be in your perspective, you still have blind spots. And you'll mm-hmm. never be able to see anything in a fuller scope if you're not willing to do that. So mm-hmm. I just wanted, I saw tremendous value from that and I just wanted other people to do it for themselves. So, no doubt. I'm... and I was able to look at myself. I learned a lot. Like I, one of the biggest things that I used to hear a lot, you're emotional, you're emotional. I used to hate hearing that. And until I realized I was, and it's a bitter pill to swallow when you accept something about yourself that other people might've said about you. But, but because other people of how said, they, about, said it about you in a negative light. Exactly. And, and because of how they said it, you never wanted to accept it. Mm-hmm. But when you finally swallow that, it almost feels like the Eminem and 8 Mile thing. Like, oh, you can't use that against me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because mm-hmm. now I, I understand that. I know that about myself now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to Mama Doc. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's Papa Doc, but then yeah. there's, there's a Mama Doc out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Now that you are so many episodes deep in this podcast, yeah, what are the the top three things that you would do to make it better, um, or you would like to do to make it better? The, the easiest answer to that, the first one is video. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube, I, I think, is it's essential at some point to capture. The feel. I remember thinking about wanting to do a podcast before this podcast. I had the, the Tom's Pub podcast. I recorded some episodes, and I always wanted to have that like big ticket rap city to basement feel. Mm-hmm. Like I used to watch that show on BET, and it, and at the time you're young, you don't really know what a production is. You think this is really his crib, you know, all of these things. Yeah. But it was like that feeling of like come the rapper coming down the steps, and then yeah, like, it's like yeah, I was just talking to moms. You know what I'm saying? Like. That that idea because I connected with that because like my my apartment by virtue of being in Oakland or maybe also my personality became this big intersection for like where a lot of people started to hang out from different walks of life, different pathways. And like Mm -hmm. we all just got cool. And like I've been fortunate enough to benefit from that. So like that was like I want to be able I want people to be able to see that with video. Um, another aspect of it that I would like to do, I think it it would be interesting to like have more production. And what I mean by that is like, there's times when people will make references to things that I think I wish I had somebody else to work on production so they can just drop an example of that right in the episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause I think that helps like flesh out the experience for the okay. for so the listener. So an editor. An editor, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and 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 really like I would say that's that's pretty much it other than because if I think if I had those two things, then it would be able to tell a full story, right? Ace over here going crazy. Right yeah. Now. You always crash scratching oh. yourself. No, that's not scratching. He Is humping. he humping? Oh, he I've never seen him do that, so that's new. Um, but like, that's oh, yeah. like you got that shit, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. But that's like my thing is like, 
I, I want it, I want people to really be showcased, right? Like mm-hmm. I see like the productions and, and all of that costs money or whatever. But like when I talk about telling the story, like I want it to be seen as a story. Without, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's what I would do. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, and I would say the last thing would be connecting people to their experiences. Like if you talk about something on here, I would love for it to be like a direct impact for that for somebody right like mm-hmm. whatever it is like you talked about brewing you're already doing your thing brewing but mm-hmm. like for there to be like oh this is what he did after this show is did xyz so uh, i mean i could give a shout out to trace brewing who yeah. got me started uh it's tattooed on my leg mm-hmm. uh the, the thighs are out if you you can't see <laughs> but the one thing about me that you should know is that i don't wear pants uh the only time i wear pants is if it's below freezing yeah. And it is currently, um, what, like 40-something degrees? Yeah. So I'm in shorts, short shorts, uh, compression socks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, the thighs and the kneecaps are out. <laughs> I love that you commit to – one of the things that um, – you said two things that reminded me of my former supervisor, and I brought her up on this show. Um, but the first thing was that if you can imagine all the ways it can go bad, you can imagine all the ways it can go well. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that she literally gave me as like professional feedback because not that maybe I need to own it. I was a Debbie Downer, but it was like, I always wanted to mitigate for risk and that's yeah. not fun in the brainstorming, like Mm-mm. thinking about all the not possibilities all. phase. Right. And the, the other thing, damn, I you just, I just forgot. Um, there was something else she said. Oh, shoot. You just mentioned it. Not your thighs being out. Not wearing shorts. Tattoos on my thigh. No. Uh, compression socks. Not compression socks. Damn it. Um, there was something else. Oh, well. It'll come to me. All right. But, yeah, there was there was something else that, like, she would always say that maybe. Oh, brand. That's what it is. Like, you not wearing pants is definitely your brand because – and that was something that she told me was important. She said that it's important that you figure out your brand. And essentially what I think it makes sense to me now that I look back at it, she's telling me to find my why. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what your why is for always wearing shorts, but I'm sure it's an interesting why. So, uh, I, can, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, for so long, I've had uh, nerve damage in my legs yeah. that I still can't regulate temperature in them. Yeah. So I can't feel them. Mm. Um. So I insulate my core to offset the cold that I can't feel in my legs. Yeah. So it's kind of like a I'm heating this up to send blood, heat hot blood okay. through my legs. So, so there's like a legitimate medical reason you're doing this. Allegedly. Okay, we'll roll it's, with it. I mean, it's 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 not been scientifically proven. I mean, but even if there wasn't, there's a why behind your your. Yeah, I yeah. I do it to to not overheat. Okay. Because if I had pants on and a hoodie or and a jacket, I'd overheat. Okay. So I wear shorts unless it's below freezing, because below freezing causes frostbite, and I don't want to get frostbite on these beautiful legs of mine. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know if you're familiar with Arrested Development. If you were never, yeah, 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 I didn't know yeah, if you were yeah. never newting it up, but yeah, <laughs> but no. Any other questions for me, man? Um. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a no, two-hour podcast. And, I'm sorry? Um, no, I, I honestly, um, I don't have any more questions. I just, I literally wanted to thank you for 
inviting me onto the podcast. No, no doubt. To um, for accommodating me as much as you have. No doubt. Uh, for me being the first guest to bring my own drink. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that I disappointed you with the wings, but honestly, if the day went good, yeah, we would have Panera sandwiches. All right. Well, it's not that that would have been disappointing too, but I ain't gonna hold you. But Damn. no, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support, you know, I don't take that lightly. You know, I imagine, you know, I, I always think about those those impasses where you're pursuing a dream and you don't know if it's gonna ever work out, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody comes to that point and you gotta do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really the people like you, the people like my homie Mo, like the people that for some reason or another have decided that they're gonna support me, even though there there's like, I, I've never asked them to and and I appreciate that, that, that remind me that there's at least, there is value in doing this even when it's hard. So thank you for being a listener, man. Thank you for being a participant now. Um, thank know. you for being willing to share your story and all its vulnerability. You know what I'm saying? I obviously learned a lot more about you. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know you had another brother. So that's good to know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? In case I ever decide to, you know. Have you uh, ever had Dream Barbecue? No, I don't think I did. It's out, uh, out in... Uh, Homewood on North Braddock. Yeah. He does all the okay. cooking. I'll go, I'll go check it out. Like, I was thinking, well, I'm just saying, like, if I ever wanted to rob you and Justin, I need to know the full scope of who all is, might be there. So that's uh, good enough. You can't rob me and Justin. <laughs> First, I mean, I keep that. <laughs> when homies say I keep that thing on me. So, right, you know. Man, I ain't that at you, man. But, but uh, yeah. No, I, I, this, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I look forward to the growth of this podcast. Yeah. One because it's it's my homie and I want I want I want my guy to do great things. And B because it is it's it's in a way it's cathartic. Yeah. To find out through you mm-hmm. the why that people do the things that they do. Yeah. So I, I wanna see this grow because I want to see this not just become monetized, but yeah. just to become a, a, a platform of, for people to understand who they are Absolutely. and why they are. That's all it is, you know. Like the other benefits will come, but I, I do want it to. I, I want it to be exactly that, you know. what I'm saying, and, and to for for it to become the the new trend that people are looking to do is discover that self discovery stuff. So yeah, yeah, and that and look, I'm I'm a I'm a huge proponent of black mental health i want every black person to at least attempt mm-hmm. to talk about mental health yeah it, it it doesn't have to be this thing where it doesn't have to be this thing about your trauma it just has mm-hmm. to be a thing about discovering who you are absolutely and so and that's pretty much all i gotta say about that as forrest gump would say <laughs> that's all i gotta say about that yeah <laughs> all right well clap it up man thank you so much thank you thank you thank podcast, you Fight a million fucking dollars a year, just want some fights, got a factor in them old bad habits and the 
cost of life, cost of life. Uh, we stay so high, that's why we can't come up. My credit score was zero, I'm still pulling ranges up. The cash counters is counteractive with paper cuts.